What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Mid-State 48, driven by Miracle Auto Group. We're just a little over a week away from uh, some championship games being played in Chattanooga. We do have a little matter, some semifinals in Division One to take care of first, but uh, a lot to talk about in this week's episode. Uh, I've got Scott and Cam with me. Gentlemen, good evening to you. Good afternoon. Good evening. Well, Scott, you should have said good morning. You were at least be on brand. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I don't know whether you're talking about for us or for me. <laughs> well, either one doesn't matter. Yeah, Tom is on assignment. He is doing basketball tonight, so uh, he is uh, he's behind the mic himself yeah. with some with some hoops. So he will not be joining us this week. But he does have his picks for who you got sent into, just like we do, and we'll talk about those all those twelve semifinals around the state. A little bit later on but first things first before we got started recording this on tuesday night mr football finalists were named around the state in all nine classes and kicker of the year so let's go ahead and run through those class 1a kamara brown from memphis academy of science and engineering mckenzie's jackson cassidy and fateville's isaiah thomason are the finalists in 1a Fairley's Jaquan Davis, Tyner's Joshua Jackson, and East Robertson Zeke Prince are the finalists in Class 2A. Alcoa has Jordan Harris and Lance Williams on the list, as well as Sheffield's Mark Joseph in 3A. Macon County's Gabe Borders, Fulton's Marcellus Jackson, and Anderson County's Walker Martinez are your 4A finalists. Carnes' Deshaun Bishop, White County's Malachi Dowell, and Knoxville West's Braden Latham are the 5A finalists. In 6A, it's Blackman's Justin Brown, Smyrna's Arian Carter, and Maryville's Noah Vaughn. Division II, single A, it's Nashville Christian quarterback Jared Curtis, USJ's Kevin Finch, and Clarksville Academy quarterback DJ Merriweather. Division II, Class AA, Caleb Beasley from Lipscomb Academy, Charlie Robinson from Knoxville Webb, and Lipscomb Academy's Junior Cheryl are those finalists. In AAA, it's Briar Crest, Max Carroll, Baylor's Caleb Hampton, and MBA's Marcel Reed. And your three kicker of the year finalists are Los Angeles, Max Gilbert, Germantown's Ozeal Hernandez, and Farragut's Reese Keeney. Guys, a pretty loaded list. Um, bring you guys back in here full. Uh, who stood out to you either that made the list or didn't make the list? Yeah, I'll start uh, there in, in 2A. Zeke Prince uh, making the cut for the finalists, uh, I think, was is really big uh, for the 2A level and really big for that East Robertson program. Uh, Zeke finished a little bit over 1,800 yards rushing, uh, just over 2,000 all-purpose yards, 28 touchdowns. Uh, really good year for him and the Indians this year. Um, and then uh, in 4A, I mean, all four of those guys in 4A are, I mean, if you want to see numbers, I mean, all four of those definitely put up the best numbers in 4A, and some of them uh, would compare with all the other classifications as well. Uh, Gabe Borders, just a sophomore, uh, will be on this list uh, more times than this one, if I had to guess. Uh, and then, of course, Walker Martinez there at Anderson County. His team's still playing and has a really good shot at the gold ball, so uh, not surprised he's on the list. Yeah, I, I was uh, just notable. Jared Curtis is a freshman making this list. Um, that uh, not surprising, given his numbers. But uh, but both uh, he and DJ Merriweather at Clarksville Academy both deserving. Both had outstanding years. Uh, so in the Class A, I, the, I, no surprises really there. Um, I'm trying to. I'm scratching my head because I'm trying to remember if the the Ellis running back out of Waverly. Was a semifinalist. I'm not sure. Was he didn't make Elliott the list. There. A semifinalist. He did not make the list in three. He did A's. not make it. You're, yeah, you're asking. If you're asking me who who did make it, that I was a little surprised on. That would be one of them, just because of the year he had. Um, not saying, not taking anything away from from these uh, fine players here. It was just one of those things that, uh, you know, given the year he had, I thought that he might make it. But I will also add to that here on the 3A level. Uh, Lance Williams being on this list is huge for the award. Uh, you know, used to there was a back award and a lineman award for each classification. Lance Williams is a big offensive tackle uh, for the Tornadoes. Uh, glad to see him on the list. And honestly, he has a shot to bring this thing home. I mean, he's that good. 
Yeah, those will be announced on December 7th at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. After the Blue Cross Bowl championships are played, they'll have the banquet and they'll stream that ceremony live on the Tennessee Titans website. And uh, we will have coverage of that as well. So stay tuned for that. All right. Well, we're back to uh, we're back to actual games because uh, semifinal Friday in Division One coming up this week. Uh, Scott, you're going to be on the road quite a bit this week, so uh, why don't you uh, <laughs> why don't you tell everybody where you're going this week, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, well I, I'm 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 going for the I'm going for the record. Um, I'm actually I'll be coming. Uh, I'm I'm headed up to see family up in uh, South Bend, Indiana. Uh, so, uh, but I'll be making the trip back and I'll be putting about 626 miles on the, on the vehicle as I'm going to be coming back and covering, uh, the game over there, uh, Page Henry County over in Paris and then making my way back. So, um, you know, going to have a full slate, uh, full slate on, uh, on Friday. Yeah, um, we we do our weekly bus report during the playoffs to see who goes the furthest <laughs> in those games, and and Scott's going to win that one by a mile this week. So, uh, yeah. Uh, well, if I can't I'll, win, I'll, if I'll I can't win picking the games, I'll take that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'll be on the bottom right on the shortest distance. I'm about 35 minutes down 231 to Murfreesboro uh, Friday night. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Cam, you and I will be over at Oakland for the Oakland Maryville Part Nine. In the ninth straight year that they will have played in the semifinals, and uh, a bit of a rubber match between those two teams. And uh, you know, me yeah. having previous connections over there with the Patriot, uh, with some of the guys on the Patriot staff uh, from their time at Charleston County. This is a game that I've had circled um, to attend for about the last nine years. I mean, ever <laughs> since uh, Coach Greasy left Trailsdale County, and it just never worked out. Whether uh, previous engagements with me doing radio for Charleston County or um, just them playing at Maryville and not being able to travel on a, on a Friday due to having Thanksgiving events with family. Uh, I'm super stoked to get a chance to go see this matchup finally. Yeah. yeah I, I covered that one two years ago at Oakland and it was, uh, it was not close. It was 49, seven in that particular game. And uh, Oakland's won the last two semifinals over, over Maryville. Um, when it got there last year and they'll try to make it three in a row on Friday. Uh, beach out to Bartlett for their semifinal after knocking off Cane Ridge 35-7 in the quarterfinal last week. Uh, this beach team, you know, we, we've kept talking about week after week. They're here, and and they're a dangerous threat to, to be in Chattanooga next week. Yeah, there's no more hiding under the radar. I mean, and I don't think that they were intentionally doing it. People were just looking at other directions. People were looking at Cane Ridge. People were looking at Ravenwood. Uh, and then here we are in the semifinals. And sure enough, Coach Crabtree has his bunch ready to go uh, to Memphis with a shot to go to Chattanooga to play for a gold ball. Uh, one thing to keep in mind in this matchup is Beach only Beach's only loss on the season was a week one uh, three-hour road trip to Farragut. Uh, so kind of a bookend thing here for Coach Crabtree to uh, see how much his guys have really grown since the start of the year, um, taking that big, long road trip and hopefully – faring better than they did in week one. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a premier matchup of this game. I, 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 we'll talk about a little bit more in uh, who you got, but uh, uh, that that to me is a, a really, really good matchup this week. As he mentioned earlier, Scott, you'll be over at Henry County for that Page-Henry County rematch of last year's crazy semifinal where Page erased two 17-point deficits and in the second half of the fourth quarter, pulled out a wild win there in Rutherford. Now they got to hit the road to try to make it back to Chattanooga. Did you say uh, seventeen point deficits? Yes. Deficit? Yes. Were they not down thirty-five yeah, to seven two, at one two, point in that game? They they put they, they had two seventeen they point deficits erased during that game. Yeah. Yeah. They and they scored you, thirty-five fourth quarter points. Yes. If you are happening to watch our show just east of our coverage area, uh, there's not an excuse other than maybe a family matter because ultimately, I mean, it trumps football. But uh, Knoxville West and Powell is going to be a great football game. Yep. Yep. Heck of a semifinal over there in East Tennessee to see who else yeah. have the other spot in Chattanooga for that Friday championship game on December 2nd. 
Look at 4A, Pearl Cone on the road at Haywood. You know, they doubled up Lexington 48-24 last week, and Haywood's going to provide a big challenge for the Firebirds. So, Anderson County, Red Bank, though, and you know that's a pretty good semifinal in its own right. It is. Uh, Anderson County I mean, really look... is. Go ahead, Scott. No, I was just to say, Anderson County is a team that's on a roll, and I think that in, in this particular uh, instance, uh, this is a really good matchup and a winnable game for Anderson County, I think. But, uh, uh, you know, th- they may be one, you know, like we say, every year there's a team that just tends to get on a roll and get hot. That may be this team. Yeah, there's two teams here that uh, definitely, if you look at the, if you monitor the scores at all, they appear to be on a crash course. Um, now, one of those teams does have a tougher matchup. And of course, that is, I'm talking about the Haywood Tomcats. Um, looking at their schedule and their scores from this year, guys, their lowest offensive output of the season is 34 points. They've scored 34 or more in every game. Uh, it's going to be a tall task for the Firebirds, not saying that they can't do it. Uh, but it's definitely a uh, tougher uh, road to go than what Red Bank has with Anderson County, but that's not taking anything away with uh, Mr. Football finalist uh, Walker Martinez leading the Mavericks. A look over at 3A has another Metro Nashville team on the road as East Nashville will head west to Covington for their semifinal game, and Alcoa travels to Giles County in the eastern half. Yeah, long road trip there for the Tornadoes uh, going to Giles County. Uh, and automatically we want to just say Alcoa's winning comfortably in that game. But when you look at Giles County's record, they're 10-3, and three, those three losses to tougher opponents. Uh, they played a, no, a tough Nolensville team to a seven-point game earlier in the year. Uh, so that is not a gimme in my opinion, although, of course, uh, the Tornadoes still have to be favored in that matchup. Uh, and then as far as East Nashville goes, uh Coach Stewart said that they've had a, a good start of the week in practice and uh, put up 40 points the last two weeks, guys. They've they found some rhythm on offense. Yeah, not as the yeah, bad time. East Nashville. Nashville. I'm sorry? Go ahead, Go ahead, Scott. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, yeah, I was looking at, uh, you know, watch this Covington team. Um, you know, they, they run the ball extremely well. Um, East Nashville is going to have to maintain – uh, discipline and avoid the big gains that uh, the archers are capable on those inside handoffs and those uh, and those stretch plays. Um, yeah, it's going to be critical for Nashville East Nashville's defensive line, uh, which has you know really carried them uh, in the last half of the season. They've got to control the line of scrimmage of this game, or Covington will absolutely run the ball silly. Two A set, semifinal setup like this. It is York Institute going to Tyner and Riverside out to Huntington to determine those Blue Cross Bowl finalists. Um, East Robertson fell, fell to Tyner in the quarterfinals, thirty-five to seven, and uh, it was our area's last chance to get somebody in at two A. But uh, you know, Tyner showed that they are a team to be reckoned with in that game over East Robertson, and York Institute's got a big. Big ask to go down there to Chattanooga and win there. Ask does Riverside going to Huntington actually? Yeah, I mean, yeah. when this bracket was first released, uh, we all said that two A was the only classification that was one hundred percent wide open. There were so many teams that could could get to this point. Uh, now we're down to four, and really, I mean, I know Tyner's probably the favorite in that top matchup, but it any of the four could bring home the go ball. Uh, that uh, you know, Tyler's been on a roll of late. Their offense is uh, really, really good. But I think if there's one uh, team that can give them trouble, it's York Institute. One A, it's Coldfield at Clay County and McKenzie at Memphis Academy of Science and Engineering. Uh, Clay County knocked Gordonsville out forty-one to six. Interesting there because Gordonsville played Coldfield earlier this year and, and whipped them pretty good. And now Coldfield has to go to Clay County to try to get to Chattanooga. Yeah, and they're already uh, selling tickets for that one Friday night uh, in Salina as they expect a, a packed house uh, up there. And, and then on the other side of the bracket, I mean, that McKenzie, uh, you, you get Fayetteville, which is the perceived team to beat in 1A this year, and, and you get it done in the quarterfinals, and then you get an undefeated Mace team that has a Mr. Football finalist 
that has ran for two, seems like 200 yards against everybody this year in Kamaro Brown. Uh, tough matchup there for, for the Rebels, but uh, the Rebels are a team. They're, they're two and four in the semifinals as a school in, his, in school history. Uh, and both times that they've won, uh, they've had the unfortunate luck of having to face South Pittsburgh in the state championship game. That will not happen this year. Uh, so we could have a – if we get a potential McKenzie-Clay County matchup, we will have a first-time state champion. Yeah, I really like this Clay County team. They've, they've really played well, especially down the stretch. Um, I mean, Coalfield is, Coalfield is not a, a team to take lightly. But, you know, once again, you know, they're a hot team. And, uh, you know, they're so excited up there in Salina. That's going to be a very, very hostile environment for Coalfield. Looking at Division Two, those championship games were set last week. Friendship Christian and Nashville Christian will do battle on Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Friendship Christian, a four-point winner over USJ. Nashville Christian blew out Jackson Christian by 34. Um, could be a really fun matchup between these two teams with uh, the way that both of them can put points up on the board, but uh, Friendship Christian's defense will have a bit of a challenge against Jared Curtis. Yeah, the old saying is defense wins championships, and for friendship to win, the defense will have to win the championship. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, friendship's going to try to rely on uh, Tyson Walcott a lot to control that game, keep the ball out of Jerry Curtis's hands. Double A will start us off on December 1st, and it's CPA Lipscomb Academy again in, in the championship. And a championship that we didn't necessarily think was going to happen maybe three, four weeks ago, but uh, here they are running it back one more time. Yeah. Uh, you know, listening to, uh, you know, to Engel Martin and, and Trent Dill for today on the, uh, in the press conference, um, you know, Engel, as Engel said, uh, you just have to beat them once, you know, this is a game, um, you know, it all, you know, both guys are really uh, excited to see their young men playing to their potential, uh, you know, coming down and playing as Dilfer calls it old school football. Um, I think both these schools respect each other and uh, that, uh, and, you know, CPA is, you know, CPA has got the, the biggest upset on the year. So we know that they're, they have the potential uh, to beat good teams with that Oakland win They've got the potential to, if they play the right game, you know, they could be the one to upset the apple cart here for the Mustangs. Yeah, and Coach uh, Martin has, uh, let's see, t- uh, eight days left to memorize Herb Brooks's speech before the United States beat uh, the Soviets <laughs> in, in 1980. Uh, <laughs> they may beat us 99 times, but not tonight, you know. Uh, CPA will have to have a yeah. uh, a perfect game plan. They don't necessarily have to play perfect, but they have to mm-hmm. have a perfect game plan, and everything has to go right for them. Now, I'm not saying that they ha- can't have any penalties, they can't have any turnovers, um, but they definitely don't need them. Uh, but they have to be able to execute that game plan is basically what it comes down to. And that the main thing of executing the game plan against a high-powered offense like that is – controlling the clock, controlling the game, and you do that on the ground. So that is the the uh, point of emphasis for CPA. But, of course, it's going to be a tall task with that Lipscomb Academy defense. Yeah, they really don't want to put it in the air as much as they have to. Asher Keck will be a key to that game, I think. You look at the AAA final, it is NBA and Baylor after NBA survived McCauley's two-point conversion attempt that would have won it. They win 28-27. Brentwood Academy had a shot at the end to win theirs, but it just felt like even six inches short. Uh, I'm sure everybody has seen that video by now and the controversy surrounding it. But uh, Baylor won that one 44-39, and NBA and Baylor will tangle in Chattanooga to cap off the Thursday games on December 1st. Boy, just when you think that you can't get another great quarterback matchup, you get a great quarterback matchup. Now we have Marcel Reed and, uh, yeah, and Witt. Um, must champ. I keep stumbling over that last name. <laughs> uh, you know, going at each other and and you know, true to form in their in their uh, 
respective uh, press conferences. Those were the two guy, two guys that gave each coach nightmares. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun game, I think, to watch. I think both these teams match up well against each other. Yeah, I expect nothing less than what we received last week, next week. Uh, this is going to be a great football game, a true classic uh, NBA win in the first matchup, 42-34 to 34 in a back-and-forth matchup. I expect nothing uh, to change. I mean, they may not score 42, but uh, I definitely think that both defenses are going to have a hard time keeping the offenses off the scoreboard. All right. So there is a look at the brackets as they stand heading into the Division One semifinals. We'll add to those and update those once those Friday games get done and uh, we'll be down to nine games remaining. Time to uh, name a Miracle Auto Group Player of the Week. And uh, pretty good list this week. It's Zach Peter from East Nashville, Jared Curtis from Nashville Christian, Marcel Reed from NBA, Nashville Christian's Donovan Smith, Pages Caden Walker, and Tyson Wolcott from Friendship Christian. We pretty much have named almost every player on that list earlier in this segment. Um, fans voted for Jared Curtis. He is he would be a two-time winner. He did win in the regular season and was eligible to win again in the postseason, but let's see how these other votes come out. Tom, who's not with us this week, also voted for Jared Curtis. Um, Ken, you went with Zach Beard. I did. I uh, got to see him firsthand Friday night. Uh, could have easily went Jared Curtis. That was the easy pick here, but uh, watching him lead his football team Friday night, uh, had three touchdowns passing, two touchdowns running. Uh, just a true quarterback that does whatever it takes to win the football game. I went with Zach Beard. Scott also went with Zach Beard. Yeah, uh, you know, I looked at the uh, Smith County uh, defense. There's not been a quarterback that's, I don't think, been able to do what Zach Beard did to that defense last Friday night. Um, you know, some of the passes he threw were just uh, amazing, right on target. And then to, to run – uh, the way he did, I thought that uh, he was exceptional and important to the win last week. Two votes apiece. I guess I got to break the tie. And for the second week in a row, I'm voting for Zach Beard for a lot of the reasons you guys just mentioned. Um, the way he's played these last two, three weeks has been critical for East Nashville, and his play in Smith County was certainly the main reason that they're advancing into, into the semifinals this week. So. Uh, it's East Nashville Zach Beard who wins the Miracle Auto Group Player of the Week award. We've got some hardware to deliver out east, and uh, we'll get it to Mr. Beard very, very soon. So congratulations to that young man for adding his name to the list this season. And let's hear from Miracle Auto Group right now. Hi, everyone. It's Jim Galvin, Miracle Ford, your Ford dealer in Gallatin, Tennessee, since 1980. Great news. Beginning now. When you need service, we can come to you. Our mobile service van comes to you wherever you are. Whether you need oil change, lube, routine maintenance, warranty, filters, wiper blades, batteries, bulbs, recalls, and more. Visit our website. Or call us now. Are you ready for a Well, another thing that's happened this week is we're already seeing some schedules for the next for the next season come out. And, uh, with the regions now being officially locked in place, some notable games are starting to pop up on schedules, and these are definitely still in progress, but a lot of teams have set most of their schedules just in the last day or so. Um, let's look ahead at week one from next year, August 18th. It's, it's a pretty loaded opening week. You've got Brentwood at Blackman. CPA Brentwood Academy, Cambridge at Mount Juliet, Nashville Christian at Davidson Academy, Pope Prep at East Nashville, Hendersonville at Gallatin, Smith County at Gordonsville, Rockville at Nolansville, Independence at Oakland, and then to top it off, a Saturday game between Macon County and Westmoreland. Well, I'm glad to see uh, Pope Prep stepping up and playing East Nashville. I think that uh, you know East Nashville is one of those teams that has trouble, I think, scheduling. Uh, you know. So I, I think that that's a great, a great matchup there. Um, yeah, and making County getting in a little bit on that Saturday action, uh, that that's going to be interesting. Yeah, Coach Stewart over there at uh, East Nashville uh, talking to him about some of the struggles. He's kind of in that uh, window to where some of the bigger schools don't want to play a 3A school because there's nothing really to gain, they think. Um 
but when you have a team that when I, it's not really a team at this point, it's a program, uh, like he's built there at East Nashville, um, they're just as good as some of those, you know, six, a schools, five or six, a schools. So it doesn't hurt you to schedule those games because you're still testing iron versus iron. Uh, and what a great job he did this off this off season with his schedule as he's got Pope prep week one, he's got Overton week three later on in, in the year. I know, I don't think we have it on the list here, but he has a game against Smyrna. He has a game against Cane Ridge. Uh, so a great job scheduling by Jamal Stewart to really uh, test his East Nashville team next year. Uh, but the matchup on this screen that you have right now for us that I really caught my eye and I, I love to look at is that Brentwood Academy Brentwood game. Yep. Week number two. Both of those teams, I believe, are going to be better next year than they were this year. Yeah. And that's a game we've not seen in a while. I don't that's, believe. Uh, 2020 was the last time that we saw those two teams tangle, and that was a one off. So they will renew for the next two years, and they're, and they're, and they're, Neighborhood rivalry, basically, and King Ridge and Ravenwood will tangle week two in French Christian at DCA, also on that August 25th schedule. So, just a couple of notable games there. You look at week three Brentwood at Hendersonville, CPA at Pope Prep was a region game now for those two teams Green Hill at Summit, Ravenwood at Blackman, Overton at East Nashville. That's a loaded week. I like, I, I'm looking down at week five because I'm, I'm really interested in that Innsworth at Lipscomb Academy. Mm-hmm. Again, with with Lipscomb moving up into three three A, you know, seeing how they play in that game coming out uh, with Innsworth, I think that's going to be a, a a special game there. Well, guys, I know it's uh, I know it's next year, but whenever it comes out, whenever Lipscomb and Brentwood Academy plays, that's probably going to be our spotlight game of the week. Well, let's hold that thought because we'll get to that shortly. Uh, and Green Hill Eleven will play each other for the first time. And when they're week five, and Blackman yeah. and Oakland also that week for, for those two Rutherford County schools. Uh, week six, Nolansville Centennial, now a region game for those two teams, Smith County, East Robertson. Again, also a new region game. Um, Gallatin mm-hmm. and Green Hill, same way there. That, that, that's more of a region week. Now, the way that they've spread these out, it, it, it's weeks three through 11, you're going to find region games for almost every week somewhere. But they wanted to make right. – the last week as competitive as possible. And we'll see some of those matchups here shortly, but um, they're split between Thursday and Friday and week 11, the next two years. And, and they'll alternate depending on which class and which year it is on that next page. Look at King Ridge at Riverdale week seven, September 29th. And then King wow. Ridge host the East Nashville the next week. Week 10, October 20th. No, <laughs> And that's that. I mean, I'll just go out on a limb here and say that that's three of our games that we'll cover if we are able to cover three that week are on that list. And that's BA and Lipscomb, FRA and CPA, which put on a classic this year in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And then Oakland and Ravenwood. I mean, I know Ravenwood loses Chris Parson and Oakland loses uh, Kate Hewitt and a couple of pieces off that offensive line. But Oakland, uh, they're going to be better next year than they are this year. Look at some of those weekend. One thing games. that I will note. And... Sorry, sorry. No, no. I, I was just saying. Uh, one thing that I did note uh, that uh, we didn't see in week one, and my understanding is we won't see it in the next two years, is uh, Fairview at Page. Usually, uh, usually we get that matchup, but uh, due to the realignment uh, and the fact that uh, the way things came together, we won't get to see the was at the Battle of Eight. That'll be uh, 40. We won't yep. get to see that this year. Yep. Yeah, another region, another rival matchup that uh, me and Chris figured out right before we came on uh, that we won't see next year either is Charles County and Friendship Christian. Uh, long time have played each other uh, off and on, and they will not play each other in 2023 or 2024. Yeah, you look at the week eight plate, Raymond Woods, Smyrna, Fairview, Independence. That Fairview Indy game, kind of one of the reasons why the Battle of 840 isn't going to be played because of – the way the schedule fell out, Fairview going to Independence for the for this next year. Uh, Brentwood at Centennial, not a region game this time as Centennial dropped to five A. 
And week nine, Blackman at Riverdale, Portland at Hendersonville, Westmoreland at Smith County, Stewart's Creek at Smyrna, some of the notable games there. Week nine is the week that most teams have opted to try to get their open date in for fall break. They're not all going to get them, but a lot of teams have asked for it. So weeks eight, nine are going to be a lot lighter than, and, and that's usually the case. There's no, no different in 23 than in most years. And just like last year, we're going to have issues in week 11 trying to get games staffed. Uh, Smyrna, Cambridge, Ravenwood, Brentwood, Lebanon. Yeah, call the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Lebanon, Gallatin, Green Hill, well, Juliet, and the big one there. The big one on that list to me, FRA at Pope. Justin Geisinger goes back to Pope for the first time. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the, now is the perfect time to say, hey, if you want to join our team next year. <laughs> yeah, just give us a shout because uh, he's not joking. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Week eleven, uh, you're talking Thursday and Friday. There's a well. It's what we've seen all week. There are loaded games just about every week, and and more games than than you know we can you know cover well. So yeah. and what um, it comes yeah, down to, guys. Are, really, what it comes down to, and Chris, you've hit on this a couple times this season. This whole season is. The talent levels have went up, which means there's more good teams than there's ever been in our state, mm-hmm. especially in Middle Tennessee. And iron sharpens iron. At a certain point, you don't have a choice but to schedule somebody that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's evident in, in the way you schedule now. Of course, with a state making the region schedules, I think they've done a pretty good job here with Week 11 with some of these matchups. But, of course – a lot of it was dependent on how you've been the last four years and how good you've been the last four years as to who you were paired up with in week 11. They wanted the most competitive matchups possible, and I think that this list right here is a pretty good indication that they hit it. And one of the things that they're doing that is that will help us a little bit is they are splitting week 11 games from Thursday to Friday, mm-hmm. uh, so we will get we'll probably have six games cover, to cover that that week, really. Yeah, and the Thursday games in 23 will be the Friday games in 24. Yep. And vice versa. And and these matchups aren't accidental. You look at uh, the Battle of the Woods, uh, you know, the Oakland-Riverdale uh, matchup, Green Hill-Mountain which has become an instant classic. Um, you know, historical games like uh, Lebanon and Gallatin, and like you said, Cam, FR Prep. I have a feeling that these ones may have been scheduled first. They were. They were actually. They they wanted they worked backward from week eleven, from my understanding, that they worked on these first to get them in and yeah. and then filled in the region schedules from there. So yeah, you you hit on something right there, Scott. They they filled them in first and then the rest of the schedule kind of fell in place. But uh, yeah, those are and we're gonna find out more of these games as the rest of the schedules get filled in. You know, over the coming days, weeks, and months, and, and once uh, July comes back around next year, we'll go back over these schedules in, in a lot of detail. So when the summer comes around, you know, stick with us. We'll talk to you about uh, how good these schedules are going to look in 2023. All right. Before we hit up who you got, let's hear from Innovate Medical. I am obligated to tell you that who you got is coming up right now. And yeah, let's just pick them. I'm not happy. I'm not a happy camper at all. Some of y'all let me down last week and I'm, I've had it. (laughs) I've had it. So I'll just go ahead and tell you my Hail Mary is coming. If I'm to beat Cam, it's coming. It's coming this week and next week. You're going to get it from me. I'm I'm if you ain't first, you're last. That's what Ricky Bobby says and his daddy said. So you know, let's go. Let's go. Here's how they stand. Cam's got me by four games. Scott's a game behind me. Tom and the fans are tied for fourth, and Reggie's out back and gonna stay there. So 
having a look at this mess from last week. Tom nailed Clay County over Gordonsville. Uh, we were splitting East Robertson and Tyner. Uh, we went forward two with East Nashville over Smith County. We all had Procon over Lexington. Henry County's win went for Reggie and the fans. Uh, Reggie tried to get Blackman third. Didn't work for him. Everybody else said Oakland. Cane um, Ridge and Beach, we were split there as well. On to page two, we all know Fritz and Christian. Uh, Jackson Christian didn't help Reggie out very much at all. Uh, I had some of us had CPA over Chattanooga Christian. Tom and Reggie went with the Chargers, and that did not work out for them. Lipscomb Academy was a clean sweep. So too was NBA. Uh, but Brentwood Academy, six inches away from giving me a big win there, but did not work. And Baylor moves on there. And Paige and Nolansville you know, waged another classic, and uh, Paige gets through there. So it gave Cam and Reggie an important win there. Overall, here's how they stand. It's nearly 677 games and is separated by three at the top. So pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. good. I added up last week, I believe, where average the percentage would have came down just a little bit. So we're probably the top two there are probably around eighty one percent, something like that, eighty one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And then Scott, you and Tom are gonna fight for third place over these next two weeks. <laughs> I'll take it considering what the overall record was. I mean, what a week for Tom though. I mean Tom had the best week last week. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I had the worst week, uh, definitely. Uh, but, uh, you know, if nothing else, I'm consistent. Tom had Clay County over Gordonsville in a Told You So Classic, and uh, I had Anderson County over Greenville. So those are the only two that got tallied in that column last week. On yeah, to I, these I mean, picks. Honestly, Sorry, Scott, go ahead. Honestly, he'd been telling us so for several weeks over on Clay yeah. County. Yes, he yes he has. And uh, speaking of Clay County, they host Cofield in that one A semifinal. We're all taking the Bulldogs in that one, and uh, we're going to go rapid fire with these because we want to get to the other games in our area pretty quickly. Mackenzie at Memphis Academy of Science and Engineering. We are all going with Mackenzie over MASE in this one. Great matchup here, uh, Jackson Cassidy versus Kamara Brown, Mr. Football finalists uh, competing against each other. The kicker here. Marquez Taylor uh, for McKenzie. Somebody, you know, McKenzie has two, Mace has one sort of thing. There you go. Uh, we've all taken Tyner over York Institute with the uh, with the Rams, sending them to a Blue Cross Bowl berth basically in their hometown. Uh, Huntington at River or Riverside at Huntington. We've got Huntington across the board there as well. Same two with Alcoa going to Giles County. We've got the Tornadoes winning that one. All five of us do. And Anderson County over Red Bank is the consensus in that Class 4A semifinal. On to page two, Knoxville West at Powell. Here's the first of my Hail Marys. I'm going with Powell. Knoxville West has been very good this year, but listen up. Jordan Potts is back for that team, and they're underrated just because I think a lot of people were counting them out after his injury. Let's not count them out just yet. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying shootout right here. Uh, I'm 100% on board with with Potts. I mean, he's he's a stud, and, and they have uh, I believe it's uh, Chase Green that's going to Cincinnati. Uh, they're really good on the offense side of the ball. What led me to pick West, guys? Whenever you beat Alcoa and Maryville in the same year, hard to pick against you. East Nashville at Covington. We'll slow the pace down just a little bit to get a little bit more on these two games, on these, on these games here. Um, Tom's going with Covington, and the three of us are taking East Nashville. Yeah, it. you know, you look at Covington, they run that uh, wing tee with uh, multiple plays out of a similar formation. They have an awesome offensive line that gets a good drive off the ball. Got a good run running back in, in Skyland Smith. Um, you know, Jim. Marion Dow uh, put up 142 on two scores on Dyersburg, but I believe they're susceptible to the pass. And for that reason, I'm going East Nashville. I think Zach, Zach Beard, uh, Frank Gordon, Trey Jorner, and DeAnthony Lanier should be early and often. Guys, we've talked about Frank Gordon all year long. Uh, last Friday night, Trey Jorner uh, 
popped off. I mean, seven catches, 159 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, if there was a big play to be made on offense for East Nashville, he made it. Um, and Zach Beard, just cool, calm, collected, very similar. Uh, the person I would compare him to, Marcel Reed. They both can do it both. They both can pass. They both can run. They're cool, calm, collected. They are leaders of their football team. Uh, I look for East Nashville to go on the road, and they may struggle a little bit against the, the power run. They struggled a little bit with stopping Caden Powell last week. But ultimately, I think East Nashville's found their groove on offense, and they'll outscore Covington. Yeah, indeed. Well said, Cam. I, I echo that sentiment. That's kind of where I was going with mine. Uh, you go into Smith County and beat that team that has played very, very well all year long and beat them by 13 points. You've done something very, very good. And uh, that's going to be a confident bunch going on the road to Covington. I'm not worried about the road trip at all for those guys. They should be able to get it done and get back to Chattanooga and take on probably Alcoa again. Pearl Cone Haywood. I'm on the Firebird train. I, I Everybody's going with Haywood, but I'm going with Pearl Cone. I just feel like that this team is as confident a bunch as they can be right now and, and going out West, not a big deal for them. They've done it two rounds already. So I wouldn't be concerned about poker Pearl Cone at all. Haywood's a great opponent and a very tough matchup for them, but it just feels like a little bit of history to be made. Here's the thing. Metro Nashville has never had two teams in a championship game at the same time. It's never happened. They've had one here and there throughout the last 30, 35 years. They've never had two, teams may reach the championship in the same year they could do that this year and i'm gonna give them a shot i'm giving them pork home yeah one of the things that could be interesting here I, I, I talked a little bit about haywood's uh offense and how explosive they are on offense for me if pearl cone wants to win this football game it's similar to that uh pearl cone cane ridge game earlier this year i think that's the type of game that pearl has to play uh to be able to have a chance they have to try to keep this thing uh, in the, the low to mid-20s or even in the teens uh, to win this game. If this game is, is a 42-35 to 35 or 49-42, uh, it definitely favors the Tomcats. Well, Tomcats have a, a very big and agile line. Their O-line goes 275, 285, 310, 275, and 315. They've got a really good north-south runner in Cam Miller, and, of course, they have a Mr. Football uh, semifinalist in Jamari Person. Um a hurry up offense this offense is very powerful but i think this is one of the few teams that matches up uh size to size and and speed with uh pearl pearl you're right pearl's gonna have to play a very clean game to and a very disciplined game and not get caught napping uh with that team coming off and on the field if they win this game page and henry county we are all in agreement here between the four of us at least that uh the Patriots from Page will make another trip to Chattanooga after going to Henry County. Um, this is a good ball game. Has potential. I don't. I don't know if you can replicate what happened last year between these two teams, but it, it could be still a very good ball game. But I, I like the way Page kind of fought through against Nolansville last week and just kept their heads going forward. And that, that's the main thing for me. You know, it's a long road trip and a tough place to play, but. And I'm actually going to go see them on Thanksgiving morning to practice and chat a little bit more with them about this one. But I think Paige can get it done. I like the I like this game. Uh, I'm glad to be going to it. Quite frankly, looking forward to it. Uh, Paige just seems to find ways to win. They're like Terminators. They just take shot after shot after shot and get back up and come after you. Last week was a fumble recovery and a botched field goal for a touchdown. Um, you know. Colin Hurd managed 263 yards passing in three scores, but they gave up quite a bit. That being said, I know Henry County's been waiting for payback. That makes for great theater, but I don't think the story ends that way this year. Uh, I'm looking for a pace to keep the ball on the ground as much as they can. They may not be able to do that, but they this team is is has got that grit, and it comes from uh, Coach Rathbone on down. I think Paige is just tough, and I'm going to go with them. You said the word right there, Scott. Uh, the, the word is grit, uh, and it comes from great senior leadership, and it also comes from leadership from within with Coach uh, Rathbone. Uh, Colin Hurd, Boyd Smith, uh, Cunningham, uh, Max Collins, I mean, all those dudes uh, are great senior leaders on the offense and defense side of the balls from the Patriots. Ultimately, I just think that they are going to be too uh, experienced and, and too – overzealous really to to try to 
win this game and get back. You know, they're excited. They want another shot of go ball. Last year, if they don't get off to that slow start, they're right there with Powell uh, at the end of the game. Um, I'm, I'm sure they want another shot of go ball. And, of course, uh, Henry County is, uh, as uh, Devin Crenshaw said about Henry County, they, he wanted the red team. Well, guess what? Henry County may want a, a white and red team too, and they got them this Friday night. So, <laughs> And another name we haven't mentioned is Caden Walker. I mean, if, if Ethan Cunningham can't go at running back, it'll mm-hmm. be Caden Walker back there for the Patriots. So, And his, his contributions on defense were critical last week with the interception and the pass defense on fourth down late in that game to help Paige win that ball game. He's gonna be a big. He's gonna be a big key for this Patriot D team as well. Moving up to Henry County, Beach at Bartlett. We have all again agreed on the road team with the with the Buccaneers going out west. Yeah, we're not sleeping on you anymore, uh, Coach Crabtree. We're not. We're not. Go- <laughs> we're not going to give you the bulletin board material. Somebody else might give you the bulletin board material. Um, but it really, and I wasn't surprised that they won last week. But I was really surprised in the fashion. Uh, that they won. They straight up dominated Cane Ridge, guys. And it starts, they have 2,000 yard rushers, JP, uh, Courtney, and Darius Johnson. Uh, but they're really good in the offense and defensive lines. It's, it really goes unnoticed. Uh, talking to Maddox Sorensen when I covered their game against Smyrna, uh, they're not really that big, like physically wise. But man, they are just totally skilled. They, their fundamentals are perfect, uh, they execute. Uh, and ultimately, when you run the ball the way that they do, uh, it's hard to stop. A little bit about Bartlett here. Um, you know, they average 33 points a game in regular season. They're led by three-star Georgia State commit Bray, uh, Braylon Raglan. He's got 2,000 yards season, 18 touchdown passes. Um, he also has a 612 yards and four scores on the ground. They've got a really good sophomore running back in Gary Johnson. Um he has 20 touchdowns. He's getting near 1,000 yards on the season. This is a team that lost two games during the regular season. They lost by one to Germantown, which they just corrected that last week. And then they lost to that Alabama powerhouse, Hoover. Uh, this is a very, very powerful team. You like to If you watch them on film, they love the long ball. They set it up with quick hitches. Um, you know, Beach's offensive, uh, defensive line, Maddox Sorensen and gang, will have to maintain pocket integrity and not let Raglan scramble and create. The thing about this game is Bartlett has played and beaten a good defense in Brentwood. But Brentwood doesn't have – Beach has something that Brentwood doesn't have, and Cam just said it. They have the three-headed monster. They have an offense that almost matches the defense. In fact, several of them kind of cross over and play both. Uh, I think – I look for Beach to get uh, to get pressure on Raglan, provides for Cave Thiemann and J.P. Courtney in the defense backfield to get some turnovers. I think that's the key to the game. That leads us to our spotlight game of the week between Maryville and Oakland, and we're all in Oakland. Um, for me, it's simple. This Oakland team is playing at a level right now. The loss to CPA earlier this week, earlier this year, that got them, I think, turned in the right direction because they were a little bit over, a little bit overzealous at times, but uh, you know they figured it out and. Awfully hard to stop a team playing with as much confidence as the Patriots right now, especially considering how many points they score. If you don't get in the 40s, you're not going to beat them. And I'm not convinced this Maryville team can come in here and do that considering the last two years. Um, Missing Noah Vaughn is a big deal for them. Uh, I think they'll keep it close early, but what Oakland does well is they wear on you over time. And in that second and third quarter, those effects of those – of the power running game is going to continue to take a toll on Maryville. And in that third quarter, they're just going to bust it open. I, I think this can kick into like a 42, 20 score. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm not mistaken, this is Maryville's 23rd consecutive semifinal. Does that sound right? Sounds about right. Um, yeah. Um, you know, they've had a, a gutter running back, uh, Gage Ledoux, that stepped up in, in place of the uh, running back that they lost. Um, this They have a good defense, but I, I agree with you, Chris. I think that Oakland just overpowers you with numbers and, and their depth. And But as much as we talk about offense, I think the defense is just really, really good. Nathan Hepp 
Horn has 144 tackles in a season. He has 26.5 tackles for loss. The other linebacker, Corey Smith, has 108 tackles, 19 tackles for loss, and he leads. The team has 41.5 sacks. He leads with 12.5. I just think that Oakland is when that is they are just too tough to overcome, and they just seem to keep plugging in players. Yeah, I mean Noah Vaughn uh, being out really. It probably sways it for me, uh, probably from being like a 60-40 Oakland to being more like a 80-20 Oakland. Uh, Maryville is the type of team that historically, uh, don't be surprised if you see a trick play Friday night. But Oakland played the team last week. That they have to be the same way. You know, They have to be this one. They have to, to read their keys. They have to trust their instincts. Um Ultimately, I mean, he doesn't lose at home, guys. And when I say he, I mean Kevin Creasy and the Oakland Patriots do not lose at home. Now, I know you've been asking yourself, why does Reggie have five question marks? Well, he did his picks a little different this week, so uh, let's check him out. One. They're on there. And the first pick, Reggie has gone with the Bartlett Panthers. Okay, Reg. Time for round two. All right, Reg, Kiki. This one will be between East Nashville and Covington. Reggie's coming over, and Reggie has selected the Eagles. Hold on. Where are you going to go, Reg? No, nothing in that one. Oh, he settled in on the Page Patriots over Henry County. Let's load up the last two. And he's taking like his time. Jammies. He's going to pick. And he settled in on the Tomcats. Of course. Go figure. All right. Last one. The big one. Here you go. Oakland and Maribel. And he's looking. And he's going with the Oakland Patriots. Well done, Reggie. So if you're keeping score at home, that is two cats, two Patriots, and a bird this week. Guys, I seem to notice. I mean, I know he always picks cats, but I seem to notice he also likes Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. uh well, Reggie makes it a clean sweep for Oakland and Page for their and in their particular games. So Let's uh, let's review what we've got yeah. so far. Uh, we've all got Clay County, McKenzie, Tyner, Huntington, Alcoa, and Anderson County on that first page as we have picked those teams across the board. Um, my Hail Mary, I'm taking Powell, I'm taking East Nashville, I'm taking Pearl Cone in those three games, and, and everybody else is kind of going against me, with the exception of, the exception of Tom. Tom's going with Covington against East Nashville. Uh Everybody else is going Knoxville West against Reg me. Has got, against Reg has got Bartlett. Yeah, I've got Pearl Cone over Haywood. The rest have Haywood. Everybody's got Page. Uh, 
Reggie has Bartlett over Pate or over Beach, and the rest of us have the Buccaneers. And we're all taking Oakland over Maryville. And that is as much damage as we can do for who you got for the Division One semifinals. Before we get out of here, guys, you know what the drill. Time for one last word. Uh, Scott, I will toss it to you first. Well, it's Thanksgiving weekend, y'all. It's time to review things that we're thankful for. Uh, and this episode is brought to you by the letter F. Keep it clean. Uh, F is for fall. And the song has it wrong. Fall is the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, it leaves. Come on, guys. Uh, episode for Friday and Black Friday is coming up more ways than one. For many, uh, Black Friday ends into their season, some of their uh, careers. Be kind uh, for that. Uh, our kids. Um, F is also for fans, and this time of year, we're all fans of high school football. You know, remember just a couple of years ago, we were in the midst of a pandemic and very concerned about these games. Uh, the Memphis teams are. are are back. We're to see that. And, uh, you know, let's just remember to all cheer for each other this week. And it's also for fans of you will be traveling this week. So please be careful on the road. That car next to you could have me in it. Um, F is for football. You know, while you're sleeping off your Thanksgiving breakfast, uh, a lot of kids will be out there in getting one last practice in for the big game. And uh, F is for Fury. Anyone that ridicules me for liking pumpkin pie, uh, you will feel my fury. You're wrong. And F is for finally. Finally, my little dear. Thank you all for watching this season and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah, as uh, Scott said, this is the week that we uh, we get a chance to, to be thankful for all the things that we're giving in life. Uh, the big thing that this week is uh, for four – for us as fans is to spend time a little bit extra time with your family. Uh, tell them how much you cherish them, enjoy your time with them and watch some great football, uh, both on the television and then go out to a game on Friday night. Guys, these are great semifinal matchups. Uh, but, and then ultimately I have a message for those kids. As Scott mentioned, there's a bunch of kids that will play their last football games of their career Friday night. Uh, but guys, all you football players, this is straight to you. You've worked your hind end off since April to get to this point. You're one game away from, from having a chance for your ultimate goal. Um, be disciplined, be smart, play hard, GATA, and we'll see some of y'all in Chattanooga next week. All right, great stuff for both those guys, but uh, I got to take a little different angle. Um, I, I look back at what happened at the end of that Brentwood Academy game with the controversy in the final play of the game, and – I'm troubled and I'm disgusted by some of the behavior of the fans on the sideline. It is unacceptable for anybody who's not involved in the game in some way, shape or form officially to berate an official like some of those people did. It's just flat unacceptable. And part of it stems with the way that we're allowing a lot of people onto the sidelines who quite frankly have no business being there. If you're not there, if you're not there in an official capacity, you shouldn't be on the sideline, bar none. And that goes for parents. That goes even for teachers at the school. If you're not with involved with the football team in some way, shape, or form, go to the stands. Go to the stands or go to the end zone away from all of that. Because one of these days, I'm scared that somebody's going to snap at that official over a call, and we're going to have something really bad happen. I don't want that. Nobody wants that. But the way this thing is going, it could very well happen. Now, also, too, there are a lot more media members at games now than there have been in recent years. And that's it's great for the sport. But there are a lot of people who don't necessarily have the etiquette that they should. And if you've got a camera in your hand, be considerate about those around you who also have cameras in their hands trying to get shots as well. They're working just like you are it's inexcusable to lean out or step out onto the field to get a shot just because you can't see around somebody else. You know, you're blocking other people. And that's if, if you're teaching kids that are in media classes, that's awesome. It's great for the sport. It's great for the future. I'm more than happy to come to your class 
and talk to you about etiquette on the sidelines because, quite frankly, some of y'all need it. That said, my piece, you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday, and we will talk to you next time on the Mid-State 48, driven by Miracle Auto Group. For Cam, for Scott, I'm Chris. Before I say something I shouldn't, we're out. We'll talk to you all later. Where's the turkey? Here.